Dave Wilson's got some Robert Plant for us, post-Zeppelin. What else you got, Dave Wilson? Well, we got to start there. I mean, Robert Plant actually has a new album out called Carry Fire, which is why he was kind of front of the mind. And little by little, the title of that song uh, reminded me to some extent of the chart that I've got for today. It's looking at capital spending and how smaller companies may be harbingers of what's to come uh, in terms of the potential for increased investment in, by companies. Uh, Pavilion Global Markets takes a look actually at our data uh, for the Russell 2000 and the S&P 500. So it's aggregated from the individual companies. And when you run the numbers, you see that outlays for the Russell 2000, tracked on a 12-month basis, are up 33% this year. Uh, and you're not seeing anything like that with the S&P 500, basically in the same period, uh, spending little change. You know, this is on a per share basis, so it factors in the uh, size of the companies and their market values and so on. But the idea that you know, these two indicators kind of moved in line with each other uh, going back to 2009, which is where the chart begins, it shows you that what's happening with the smaller companies is something different. And if you get follow through on the larger ones, and the pavilion's expecting that, that uh, there are a couple of things you might want to anticipate. One is that U.S. industrial stocks would do relatively well because those are the kinds of companies that would make whatever products uh, uh, the companies need when they're uh, carrying out their investments. And the other thing is you might see higher yields on 10-year treasuries, the whole idea that, you know, why would companies be willing to pick up their capital spending, right. you know, because the economy is doing better. Anyway, you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart. The explanation goes with it. And everything I do going forward, the email address is dwilson at Bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at Bloomberg.net. All right. Good stuff, as always. Dave Wilson with his chart of the day. Also good stuff when it comes to the real estate market, especially the luxury uh, real estate market. Ashraf Carmiel is real estate reporter at Bloomberg News in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. This is one of our most read stories <laughs> in the past eight hours on the Bloomberg. Hamptons mansions piling up. Say it isn't so, Asha. It's it's so. Well, it <laughs> depends what kind of, uh, yeah, well, mansions. That's right. You said the operative yeah. word. What's going what on? What you mean mansion, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, I guess that's a that's a relative term in the Hamptons, but I think we uh, we use that to signify the luxury market, which uh, in the Hamptons is this quarter. It's a top 10% of the market by price this quarter. That would be anything above 3.3 million. And yes, that means below 3.3 million is non-luxury in the Hamptons. 3.2 million, for example, is a pauper's home. That is, yes. <laughs> uh, but tell us about the significance of this, because we do know there's like some mega mansions out there. Um, and we often hear about a shortage of supply of these kinds of prized properties. But what's going on? Uh, there, Well, there's no shortage of supply there right now. And Hamptons is definitely always known. The headlines are always of uh, a big ha uh, mansion trading hands. And those are there. Uh, 20, two properties above 20 million sold. But what happened in the quarter in the aggregate when you step back is that uh, there were a lot of those properties that were listed and sellers weren't as eager to buy them in this property. There were a lot of sales. There were there were quite a few sales in, in the quarter um, and the number of sales there was actually strong, stronger than the quarterly average, um, quite a bit more. But all the sales tended to veer uh, to the lower cost properties. I mean, that's where this, that's where buyers were fighting it out, overbidding. Uh, I mean, you said uh, properties that were under three million. Uh, about ten percent of the ones that sold were sold above their asking price, and buyers are fighting for them. 
It's those fixer-uppers. <laughs> yeah, fixer-uppers. <laughs> well, all right, so, that. so, you know, and the, but that's part of it. I mean, I, yeah. I spent uh, uh, not a small amount of time in Hamptons this summer and, and saw a lot of houses that were, you know, crummy little rundown places at once upon a time getting bulldozed for, you know, it would crummy little under $3.3 million places getting purchased for a couple million dollars and bulldozed and a $5 million house goes up in its place. And they're still doing that, actually. Uh, one of the brokers we spoke with uh, in the story says the reason the competition for houses around a million dollars is fierce because you're talking about people who want to buy a, a, a cheaper house. you got year-rounders who may want to live there and you have builders who might want to buy it to bulldoze, flippers who might want to buy it to flip. So there's a lot of people who have their sights on that property. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that, that's really where the where the action was, and uh, and you're, you're seeing it pile up, and that that was contrary to other markets around New York City where luxury inventory was declining. In the Hamptons, it went up, but just because buyers weren't uh, weren't as interested in it. Anything significant enough that's going to change, maybe how people are building in the future to uh, the Hamptons, or uh, I, I think that remains to be seen. I mean, it's it's such a it's a small market, and it's it's fickle. Yeah. Um, so there's only so much land out there. There's too. only so much land. It is limited. Uh, there's there's still some beautiful properties along the along the waterfront, and and really how the Hamptons does really is determined by how Wall Street does. So just the mood of buying, the fact that bu- sales are strong, suggests some general euphoria or confidence about how how things are going. They are they are connected. And it's the fall season. It's not like it's the spring season. No, this right? is a dead season out there. Right. right? Yeah. It was or the normal? summer. This is the the, the report covers uh, properties that closed in the third quarter. So between July and the end of September. Um, is that normally a quiet? Oh, it's uh, I would say more the winter buying is is, is a better season. People wanted to buy ahead of the summer, but uh, if you closed in July, you you had a place. Asha, thank you.